The world around us is changing faster than ever before. From automation, artificial intelligence, big data, geolocation, to every aspect of how we work and live. This includes data. Welcome Welcome. to Data Gurus Podcast. Our mission is to bring you a real-life perspective on what's happening in the industry and how successful companies and individuals in this niche navigate through the sea of change. Encouraging you to be bold, be be brave, and be fearless, let's navigate the data ecosystem together. Welcome Welcome, welcome. to the Data Gurus Podcast. Continuing back to our series about data quality and taking lessons and insights from other parts of our industry as to how companies deal with data quality, I'm really excited to have... Bill Reinstein joining us, who is the CEO of MedData Group, as well as our sponsor for this series, which is Charlie O'Leary, who is the CEO of Imperium. Welcome, you guys. Thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you, Seema. Sure. Yeah. Bill, I think the best place to start is to truly give our listeners an opportunity to understand your business. Sure. So tell us a little bit about what MedData Group does. Sure. I founded the company, I guess it's about eight years ago now, and we initially had a product uh, that was really focused on email direct marketing for the healthcare segment, and even within that, more specifically, targeting healthcare professionals. And so when we think about healthcare professionals or HCPs, it encompasses everything from physicians to nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and a wide range of allied health professionals, everything from psychologists to chiropractors. And so the initial business was really based around serving medical technology companies, companies in the EHR, electronic health record space, and others in reaching healthcare professionals on a lead-based or demand generation service. As we evolved, we became more of a data licensor and a data provider extending beyond that performance-based marketing business. And then the last sort of inflection point came about three years ago. We were one of the largest aggregators of this type of healthcare professional data. And we then realized that we had a pretty sizable opportunity in the digital marketing or what we call omni-channel digital marketing space, leveraging that very large scale of offline data and through some of our proprietary processes, being able to link that data to what are called online identities in a privacy-safe way, but allowing our customers who now are primarily pharmaceutical brands and their associated advertising agencies to be able to target digital advertising through different channels to those healthcare professionals. And that was a pretty major turning point for the company, both in terms of the scope of our product set, but also the revenue base and growth of the company. And I would imagine a tons more data that you deal with as a result of that as well. Yeah, tons more. So we now, in the offline space, we deal with everything at a granular level of understanding which drugs physicians and other prescribers are prescribing onto what types of conditions they're diagnosing, just a ton of data about them. But I want to underscore, you know, folks, and I know this is part of the topic of the call today, but folks have a you know, a wary eyeball toward when we talk about that level of granular detail tied to an individual identity, this is 100% professional data. We don't care about your income. We don't 
deal with your home address. This is professional data, and the large volume of it is actually in the public domain or what we call the quasi-public domain. Which I find fascinating. Tell us a little bit more about the public domain data that you actually can leverage. This was very new to me in terms of what's available out there as it relates to this segment of the ecosystem. Sure. So healthcare is unlike most other professional segments in that because of the nature of what healthcare professionals are doing in terms of the services they provide, every healthcare professional, all the way from physicians to those allied health segments that we talked about, have to be professionally licensed at both the state level and the federal level. And they all have a common identifier, a common key, if you will, called the NPI number or the National Provider ID. And so very different than even other professionals where you're still licensed, you know, lawyers are licensed on a state-by-state basis. Um, Healthcare professionals are licensed at the federal level, and they all have this NPI number that actually remains with them through the bulk of their career. It occasionally can change, but exceedingly infrequently. And so, you know, put an asterisk on this because I know what it sounds like, but it is very much akin to their social security number, except again, it relates 100% to their professional information, nothing to do with them as a consumer. Because of various legislation, things like the Sunshine Act, which I can certainly talk more about if you'd like, but certain types of federal legislation and in terms of transparency of things like what drugs they provide or diagnoses they made when they're related to federal reimbursement programs, that information is out there. It's not necessarily easy to find. It's not necessarily easy to aggregate that makes it valuable, but that's actually the value add that MedData Group provides is the aggregation, the normalization, and the structuring of that data to make it useful to our customers. Very interesting. And when you deal with these processes and kind of structuring the data, how do you measure the data quality aspects of that? Are there metrics? Like, What do you think about and what's the framework that you use for data quality? Sure. No, it's a great question. And I think the way we look at it is that you bifurcate and you look at data in different buckets. And so in the, you know, at the top level, the dividing line is really, is it offline data or is it online data? Right. And so starting in the offline space, there are these sources of data. We now have, I believe it's approaching a hundred input sources of data. And that's everything from every state licensed database that we talked about, multiple federal level databases of information, and then commercial data that we license in particular that comes from medical claims data, and that claims could be around a drug that's prescribed to you by a physician, or it could be around diagnoses, and that's at the patient level. And again, coming back to privacy, which I think underscores a lot of this, that is all, as you may know the word HIPAA, it is all HIPAA legally protected in a highly de-identified or anonymized way. But at the end of the day, that claim that is de-identified is tied to that physician NPI number. And so we know by a certain coding called an ICD-10 code, we know what that diagnosis is. It might be for Crohn's disease or whatever it might be. So it starts there in terms of you know, quality checking and understanding the processes that all of our different aggregators use, whether they are commercial, private, 
or whether they're public at different levels of sort of the public structure. And so on the front end, it starts with the various ETL processes or extract, transform, and load that our data management team examines and actually has automated scripting in the platforms that we use to be able to look at that. Are there anomalies in terms of what the data looks like? Is it completely off from what a prior month or a prior quarter looks like? Does that indicate that there might be a problem either with the ingestion routines that we use or is there some problem with data that was distributed by one of those sources, which even at the federal level happens? And so it starts there. It then works through to more demographic data. Do we have this physician associated with the right medical practices for where they operate? Do we have them associated to the right hospitals? You know, do we have the right phone numbers, et cetera? And that data has different automated and human. We have a team of researchers that is responsible for checking on some of this data. So in the offline space, many levels of data accuracy and hygiene. Then it moves on to online. And I think email addresses can sort of straddle offline and online. But there we, again, at the human level, we have the data examination of, you know, simply are these valid professional domains? And there are automated processes for double-checking that, double-checking syntax, and double-checking from an algorithmic perspective. Do we think these are assigned to the right people? When we email them, are those emails being accepted by the email server on the other end? Do we have any hygiene problems there? That happens in a real-time basis, where if we're seeing soft or hard bounces, those are flagged and removed from the database. Then you move on to the online space, which involves something called identity resolution. Are we correctly linking an offline persona to the correct online identity? And that's a fancy way of talking about ultimately the online cookies or mobile ad IDs or other kinds of identifiers. Are they being linked correctly to that identity? Is the person being targeted with a banner ad the right person? And so we have different methodologies on the back end of being able to measure and analyze that. So there's a lot there, but you know, I think on many levels, that's how we look at that data hygiening process. And when you talked about linking the medical professional to the persona, the persona is an aggregate. I'm assuming you're not doing that on an individual level. That's absolutely correct, right? So again, you know, at cocktail parties, when I tell people what I do, there's, you know, in this privacy conscious environment, they're like, what? You know that I'm on the New York Times at 11 o'clock or wherever you are? And the answer is no. We do not know that it's Bill Reinstein that is, you know, on New York Times at 10 a.m. on Tuesday. Right. What we do know is that there are 10,000 physicians being targeted in this digital campaign. And what we do know is that that impression that was served is one of those 10,000, but we don't know which one. Got it. You know, we have been talking about the hygiene of the data. Is there different processes depending on how frequently you have to deliver the data? Meaning, you know, if you have more time, there's more thoroughness. If you have less time to deliver the data, there's a different set of practices. Is there any variability in your business as it relates to a use case where you actually have to deliver the data real time? Yeah. You know, the different products that we offer, you know, range from managed service, email delivery, or what sometimes is called e-blast, 
to email licensing, where the email data and associated professional data goes directly into a customer's hands to be used in their own CRM and their own delivery platforms. And then as we talked about, then it is our primary business is that data being used for omni-channel digital targeting. And in different cases, yeah, there are different processes. In the case of email licensing or managed service email, that data is hygiened over the course of a month relative to its linkage to offline identity and offline professional data. But it is managed in almost real time relative to the deliverability or the hygiening of that email data. So our email platforms are linked to our data warehouse and flags are set based on that. If it's email that is being licensed, it is being hygiened once a month, but then there is a point in time hygiening step before that data goes into a customer's hands as a licensed product. Got it. One of the things I first talked to to Seema about this series you're the one of the first names that came to mind because I know you're maniacal about data quality, right? And what you just outlined is a very complex, multi-layered process where at each stage you're checking quality before you even bring it all together in the process. And it seems, you know, Seema, in the MR space, there are the best folks around data quality have that multi-layered, multifaceted process. I'm curious, Bill, when you are in the market, there's got to be other folks that you potentially bump into and compete with that don't spend the effort and time. And then you, you know, they can compete on a price basis that's difficult for you. Is that something you encounter? Oh, absolutely. I think like a lot of businesses where there are differentiators in the service you provide, that's absolutely the case. And in our case, we would consider ourselves to be a top tier provider. And as such, we charge a premium price. And so part of our sales education of customers and prospects is helping them understand exactly that. And there are multiple slides in our deck that talk to those steps, maybe not in the detail that we've just discussed, but certainly at a little bit of a higher overview layer, understanding and being very transparent. Where does the data come from? What are the steps that you take to your question, Charlie, to make sure that that data is accurate? And hence, our data is worth more. And if you're being approached by a vendor that is simply trying to undercut on price, we want customers to know what the questions they should be asking any vendor and us. And we believe that our answers to those questions will put our value at a higher level. That makes good sense. And I think a lot of the companies that have established these data quality practices or data hygiene practices are actually helping industries because they're forcing, as you present these solutions or practices, it has clients asking other companies the same questions and determining if those processes are applied. That is totally correct, Seema. And I think, you know, we've been talking a lot about the offline data space or relative offline when we're talking about a a combination of what we would consider clinical data and demographic data and email data. But, you know, I think somewhat naturally because the large volume of our business is in omni-channel digital, processes there are kind of complex. And some of the processes that we've developed are proprietary. But nonetheless, even because we consider them to be intellectual property of NetData Group, 
we're still quite transparent with companies in explaining to them, here's how we do it. And here's how, why we believe that the processes that we've developed are superior and more accurate. And yes, justify a premium price. But we want you to understand that. And yes, we want you to ask other providers, what are their processes? And we want you to have the knowledge to be able to make an informed decision. I'm going to push at this just a little bit more. So from a client perspective, like what is that dialogue between you, your company and the client to say, this is what you should expect in terms of our data? Is it zero tolerance? Is it, you know, I am sure there's an expectation that's set in terms of, you know, variability in terms of what good quality data is. Yeah, so that's a great question. And I think that, you know, let's all be real. There's no such thing in certain areas as 100%, right? And so it's really about, you know, think of a graph and a curve, you know, approaching the line, but it's never going to touch. And so we set expectations from the beginning, for instance, with email. You know, if you as a customer have an expectation that you're going to have zero bounce against that email, that's an unrealistic expectation. And so, you know, that one piece, and right, there's many different measures that we've been talking about. But for that one piece, we try to set that expectation. That then goes on to, okay, what is my expectation of, you know, open rates and click-through rates? And again, you know, there are many classifications in the email world of soft bounce and hard bounce and spam complaints. And it's really about helping customers understand what good metrics might be and what you should be measuring against and what the, you know, specifics of that realm, in this case, again, we're talking about email, but the fact of the matter is that emails are constantly changing. You know, we don't know at a moment in time that a physician moved from one practice or hospital to another, and hence their email changed. And now that email is no longer valid, whether it's literally bouncing or it's just not getting to the intended target. And so it's all of that level of expectation setting and you know, an analogy is probably like, you know, you're sitting with a financial advisor and, you know, you're looking at, you know, an index versus a mutual fund. And, you know, the reality is you might be high, you might be lower than that index, but it's, let's set realistic expectations that based on the portfolio, you're not likely to double that index. Yeah, I think that's incredibly important. And that transparency of expectations are important as well. So both you and your customer are working off the same set of expectations. We try to be. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And let's be real. Sometimes it does not always work out that way. Let me ask you from the perspective of your business, what's the case where you actually had to deal with a data quality problem? And what was the cost to your business as a result of that? So when we look at, you know, it varies by product and it varies by sort of what piece of the data, you know, might be inaccurate. You know, switching gears from the email business to our what we call HCP digital ID, which is our omni-channel digital product. You know, we've had situations where there have been forms of measurement or, in fact, I guess this is more email, where there actually have been a complaint that, you know, hey, why am I getting this email? I am not a physician. And, you know, that's where that line tries to hit the 100%, but it just doesn't. And you have to deal with that. So, I mean, we've had customers that have said, hey, guys, this is a complaint we just got. What's going on? 
And, you know, there have been situations, I mean, obviously for a company over the span of eight years, that's just a reality. It's going to happen. And I think, again, it comes back to transparency and ethics and how you deal with it. And you on both that individual that may be unhappy about, you know, in this case, targeting of marketing to the customer that's unhappy that this came up. It's about transparency. You know, how did it happen? Why did it happen? And how'd you deal with it? You know, did you own the situation right away? And, you know, there's a, an adage that, you know, I heard early in my career that, you know, there's no better customer than one that, you know, you've had a problem with, but you made it right. And that sticks with them forever too. It does. Just as a follow-up to that, you know, what's interesting is on the B2B side versus you know b2c side you'd brought up you tend to learn real quickly when there's a data problem right because there's almost a direct relationship whereas on the b2c side it, it ends up you see those results almost in an aggregate way like you know how well did that ad perform in terms of click throughs and so forth and so did you have it you know sent to the right people whereas on the b2b side i think where what bill was saying is you get an immediate response why did you send me this and I do think that that's another reason to kind of listen to, you know, the folks from a different industry like MedData Group, because they do get that live wire real quick in terms of their any issues with data quality. The one question I want to ask, Bill, is I know we had talked about this at one point. There were some people interested in your business, and uh, you went through some processes. I wondered how much was data quality part of that process? Yeah. So, in fact, we were recently acquired. I mean, we're very proud of that. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Thank you. you know, the company that we're a part of now is a great fit and also very high-level premium data products. And so it really is a great fit of our businesses. In terms of your question, certainly the data and the data quality and you know, the accuracy and its use, both actually from a data perspective, but you know, also from a data stewardship or compliance perspective. Those were issues that were key to the discussion, both in the, you know, the pre, you know, definitive agreement stage and in due diligence. And so we were asked to go into great detail about everything that we just discussed, really at a micro level. So I think for any business, whether B2C or B2B, but especially B2B, where it is, let's face it, healthcare is sensitive data. It is a, there are only 1 million physicians practicing in the United States. So relative to even B2B, you're talking about a micro audience. And so, you know, being able right from the outset of a company's launch, you know, through to its successful acquisition really is all about, do you have the right practices and policies in place? Very good. Well, Bill, thanks for joining us. I mean, I think that you share a lot of important lessons that we can learn from in our industry as it relates to data hygiene and just being really rigorous about it as a practice and also being able to set expectations with your clients in terms of what to expect. And I think even most importantly is how do you react when you do have a problem as it relates to data quality and being able to solve for it. Right. Yeah, I think this is really key for our space, Simo, because I know that folks that invest heavily in data quality, they struggle with how to monetize that. And I think we just heard two great examples of how Bill was able to monetize his efforts around data quality. So congratulations again, Bill, and I appreciate your participants. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure speaking with you both. Thank you.
Thanks for tuning in to this episode with Bill Reinstead and Charlie Leary and myself. I took away a couple things that I wanted to highlight that are very important as it relates to our business and in the research and analytics space. Number one, differentiation in this space is difficult. Obviously, you can differentiate on good quality data, but really it's about talking about the practices, the steps that you're taking to ensure good hygiene of data. And Bill and his company are really changing the game here and saying, look, let me set the stage. Let me make sure our clients are really fully aware of what needs to happen to ensure that good quality data is being delivered. Uh, Number two, let's also not ignore the fact that other competitors might be doing that, but really the key differentiation is service. When there's a problem, how do you react? How open and transparent are you uh, with the client? And how do you navigate this conversation of data quality? I think many times, you know, decisions are made on price, but when there's a problem, you really feel that decision. And as we evolve as an industry, so much change is happening. You really do need strong partnerships to evolve respective businesses. A second point I wanted to make a note of is the difference in the feedback loop on the B2B side, there's about a thousand healthcare physicians. And if you do send the wrong email that's not targeted towards a physician, you would hear very quickly the feedback loop in terms of saying, hey, what's going on? On the consumer side, it's not as clear since there's millions and millions of consumers. No action item, but I thought important on the B2B side, brand equity is very much impacted through error, if you will, or a problem in data quality because of that feedback loop. Thanks for tuning in this week. I did want to encourage everybody that's listening to this episode. There are other episodes as part of this data quality series. Please go go back and check them out. There's lots of good information there. I interview uh, Matt Stout, who's the CEO of Venture Development Group. And I also talk to Anders Ekman, who's president of B12, which is an omni-channel data company. I did want to share that if you're out there and you want to get a better sense of how your panel or data set compares to industry metrics, Imperium is offering a free and fast data clinic where you can get a quick assessment at no charge. Just visit www.imperium.com and they would be happy to help you. Have a great week. Peace out. Thank you for tuning in to Data Gurus Podcast. This episode has ended, but your exploration doesn't have to. Head over to www.dataguruspodcast.com and access all the resources and links mentioned in today's show. You'll also find bonus content available to our podcast listeners exclusively. That's www.dataguruspodcast.com. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and be fearless.